0: Well, as we open up God's Word and prepare our hearts, we encourage you to uh, do your best here on this Father's Day to try to remove distractions. Uh, you might be thinking about, hey, where are we going to eat today, or one um, of or, 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 my child's okay, or that sort of deal, or how long is this guy going to preach, we got better things to do, or whatever, you might watching online live, or maybe tuning in a little bit later. Whatever you're doing, I, I would encourage you to try to remove all distractions, just empty out your mind and open your heart to receive his word today as we continue in week three of this aftermath series. And an aftermath always involves a big event, like these parents that were up here just a few moments ago. Uh, they, they had a, a big event recently, and it's going to forever change their life. It's an aftermath. Amen? Amen? All you older folks, amen, yes, is going to have, have a huge effect on their life. And so that is an aftermath. So not all aftermaths are bad things, but most aftermaths do follow some big events that are sort of catastrophic. I mean, we some would say uh, that we're living in an aftermath right now based upon what we just got through going through, through COVID-19 and through all of the racial unrest and everything. And, and some people will say, well, we're... We're not even there yet. We're not even in the aftermath, and so it's coming. And so whatever, uh, whatever you feel like we're in, whether we're in the aftermath or it's coming, just know this, we all face aftermaths in our lives, and they usually follow, again, I said, storms. And for our first week of aftermath, we we walked through a storm. The apostle Paul, as he, as he was being arrested and uh, for preaching the gospel, preaching the good news, and he was on his way to Rome in a boat with about 275 other people. A storm arose, and through this storm, we learned what uh, some things to do and what. There are some things we shouldn't be doing. And just like the storms in our life, we will all face storms, maybe financial storms, maybe marriage storms, parenting storms, social media storms, the list goes on, health storms. And as we go through storms in our life, uh, there are some things that we, could, we should be doing and some things we should not be doing. I encourage you to go to our website, Lake Point Online, and watch that week one service. In week two, last week, we talked about uh, what is the, b- the biggest aftermath. Some people say uh, regarding Jesus' life, his aftermath is, was, was his resurrection or maybe his ascension into heaven. I uh, shared the, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if it's really an argument, but a point in the fact that I think that the biggest aftermath isn't really the resurrection of Jesus Christ or even the ascension of Jesus Christ. The biggest aftermath of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit coming down, And the church starting, you, if you accepted Jesus Christ, you're in the service or you're watching online. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, you are part of the biggest aftermath in history. You are. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And so this week, as we're uh, on this uh, topic of aftermath, I do want to talk Specifically to fathers, and um, if you're not a father here today, please do not tune out because the things I share with you today are things you're going to be able to include in your life as well. I really prayed and really wrestled about what this message needs to be about. I really consider this a very serious position that I'm in standing behind this music stand and standing behind God's word. And this is a, this is a, uh, a big Uh, challenge for me to be able to hear what God wants to say and to be able to say, all right, Lord, how does this apply to our life? And so I really hope that you would uh, tune in to today's service. I'm going to talk about today. The sermon title for today is The Coming Aftermath. The coming. Aftermath, And I'm going to stay a little bit closer to my notes today because I have a, a lot of important things. I want to make sure that you uh, and I both understand and hear from God uh, today. But the coming aftermath is, is what is coming down the road. And, and the best way I can describe it is this. Let's say if dads, if you are far away from home, let's say if you're working on the other side of Atlanta I I was just on the other side of Atlanta. It's a long way from there, especially when you got to go down to Atlanta and then back up north, which is crazy. But, you know, getting there just takes a long time. So I was on the other side of Atlanta an hour and a half, two hours away. But let's say if you're there and you're working and you get in – maybe a Facebook message or a text saying that there was a, 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 uh, a rapist that had escaped from jail, from prison, and he was in your neighborhood. And you had a teenage daughter at home by herself. Would you just kind of ignore it? Would you say, eh, I'm not going really, to really worry about that? Or would you call your daughter on the phone and say, hey, sweetie, this is what I just heard. I'm going to tell you some things you need to listen very carefully. Here's where my gun is located, and I need you to get the gun, and I need you to hide in this part of the house, and I need you to call me if something happens. I'm on my way. Now, obviously, there are police officers who could do their job, and, and, and you know, they, could, they, they may not be, be in every single house. And so you're going to do everything you can as a father for what could be coming and harming your Child. Well, that may be a really hypothetical situation, something that you hope to only maybe see in a movie with Liam Nielsen, you know, and, and not in real life. But I'm going to share with you today something that is not hypothetical, something that I believe is coming and is part of the coming after math. You know, in fact, it's, it's one that we need to be preparing our children for right now. I don't care how old your kids are. You need to be preparing for them, whether they're adults or whether they're in diapers. So how do we know of the coming aftermath? How do we know that are signs? What are the signs? Almost like a, a volcano will, will give smoke and will show that it's active. I was able to go on a mission trip to Nicaragua a few years ago, and one of the things I was able to do is to go visit... A volcano an active volcano and you can go to you know as close to the edge as you can as you can stand and you can look inside of that volcano and that that smoke is just constantly going and and there's even signs all around the volcano you know saying hey when when the sirens go off you need to leave immediately and so even though there's some danger in there, uh, it, it was very interesting to go up to a volcano. But just like a volcano has signs that is, is, it's active and it could explode in any moment, there are signs that are going on right now, such as in our news, such as a teacher in New Jersey suspended for giving a student a Bible, Or a football coach in Washington placed on leave for saying a prayer on the field at the end of a game. Or the fire chief in Atlanta, something close to home, fired for self-publishing a book defending Christian moral teaching. Or the Marine court-martialed for pacing a Bible verse above her desk. Anti-Christian activists hurl smears like bigot and hater at Christian Americans who hold traditional beliefs about, about marriage and, and accuse anti-abortion Christians of waging us as supposed war on women. Y'all, the warning signs are active just like the volcano there in Nicaragua. And your children will be covered in the volcanic ashes if not prepared. Because after you and I are gone, dads, Moms, parents, after you and I are gone in this world, our children are left to what is coming. The Apostle Paul warns uh, us of this in 2 Timothy chapter three, verse one through five. And if you have your copy of God's word, you can turn it there. We'll have it on the screen. Watching it online, you have it there as well. I'm gonna go through several different passages of scripture, so I'm gonna be jumping around a little bit, but in 2 Timothy chapter three, verse one through five, it says this. But mark this. This is Paul teaching to his, um, to his, his uh, apprentice, Timothy. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, of the good treacherous, rash, Conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. I mean, that right there is a great place to start by showing your kids, hey, this is what's coming. Even Paul warned us of that. So what would will, what will that coming aftermath look like? What, based upon the signs that we're seeing in our, in our uh, culture, in our society, in our world, the, the smoke signals that are literally giving us th- what the future is going to be, what does that look like? Well, I've got, I've got about three things that will show what this aftermath could look like. And then after that, I've got four solutions for you dads and your parents to help with this. Number one, casual Christianity will be the norm. What would the aftermath look like? Casual Christianity will be the norm. I believe we're already experiencing some of this. This will create a lukewarm Christianity. And we know what happens with lukewarmness as it says in Revelation chapter three, verse 16, it says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And that was Jesus' red letters talking about that in the book of Revelation. So, if, they, if your children do attend church, there will be a huge disconnect between church life and home life. Satan will tolerate your children going to church as long as they adopt the idea that what is done at church stays at church. Almost like Vegas. What's done at Vegas stays at Vegas. What's done at church stays at church. The danger with separating what is done at church from what is done at home is the fact that Satan will use this against your children when they are adults. Satan will convince them that what they do on Friday or Saturday nights does not matter. You know why? Because it's not Sunday, and you're not hanging around other believers. He will plant thoughts like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do Sunday things today, tonight. It's not Sunday. That's for Sunday things. It's time to party and do whatever you want. You know, Satan is fine with your kids getting one day with God if he can have the other six. Satan is fine with your kids getting one day with God if he can have the other six. That separation, church and home. When the true persecution comes, these, these casual Christians our kids. And, and for those you who don't know, my wife and I, we have six kids. So I'm there with you. I know exactly what... What you're going through. And my heart is very heavy today with what's going on in the world as a father. And so when the true persecution comes, these casual Christians will cave into what is called polite persecution. You know, we may not face uh, all the big persecution that's happening in other countries right now people literally being uh, tortured being killed if they uh, if they speak the word of Christ and if they claim to be Christ followers we may not get to that point but we may but I, but i see more of it as a, as a polite persecution a quiet persecution This polite persecution is already happening in our culture as our culture tells us Christians that we are mean towards certain groups of people who live in contrast to the word of God. They will buy into the lie that a woman's choice over her body overrides the life of a child. They will be confused with Satan's tactics of making issues that should be in the spiritual conversation but are rather in the political conversation. We're already seeing this play out in our church. Many in the millennial, not all, but many in the millennial generation, they champion the rights of, of people living in an alternative sexual lifestyle and the rights of what a woman can do with her body no matter what the costs, and yet they claim to follow Christ. Your casual Christian adult children will also cave into the lie that there are multiple ways to heaven. This is already happening as well. The this, this spiritual universalism movement is overtaking the church. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. That biblical truth will be challenged greatly by our culture when your children are adults. So casual Christianity will be the norm. Hopefully not for your kids, but it will be the norm. Second thing, your kids will stop going to church. They very well could stop going to church. In the book entitled Already Gone, the research shows that two-thirds of young people who are now sitting in church have already left the church in their hearts. That means kids here today, students here today, two-thirds of you have already left the church in your hearts. A schedule that is packed full of sports programs for the kids combined with a general feeling of apathy towards organized religion will cause your kids to take a long break from church. And so there are things that's going to compete with them being a part of a fellowship and growing in their faith. And a lot of that will be a result of the casual Christian lifestyle. In response, Lake Point Church we will be committed, we will love our model, we will uh, love our mission actually more than our model. So let me, let me illustrate the difference between mission and model in, in regards to music. So if listening to music is the mission, if you like music, if you like uh, you know, your, your Spotify account, or your Pandora, or your Apple Music, whatever it is, if you like your, your, your music, then that is your mission. You're going to listen to music. But the model on how you listen to that has changed over the years. How many of you, by raising your hands and raise your hand really strong with confidence, have ever plugged in or pushed in an eight-track and listened to it? All right, there we go. There's our eight-trackers. Nice. I, yeah. yeah. My my brother and I... We used to listen to uh, old country music, and 8-track. My dad was a country music you know, singer on stage, and he had all these 8-tracks and Jim Reeves and all kinds of plays, and we'd, we'd push that in there. And so I know how that works. But the model of listening to music has changed. 8-track and cassettes and, and CDs and MP3 players and now music uh, cloud services. And so the model has changed, but the mission has remained the same, and that is I love my music. I love my music, I want my music. Well that's sort of an example of between mission and model. We will be married to our mission, but we will be innovative with our model. Our mission is pointing people to God through relationship with Jesus Christ. And our model is how we do that. How do we point people to God through Jesus Christ? One of the ways we're currently changing and trying to be innovative, as many churches are doing, is through online services. You know, we, we have, we have under, come to the understanding that during COVID-19, we have got to improve our game of wanting to get the best that's out there. And so we're actually, in, right now, this week, our production team has actually built out some space in this room, in the, in, not in this room, but in this building, in another room down the hall. And our school district, uh, we're partnering with our school district, and the school district and, and Red Top Middle School is actually can use some of that uh, to be able to use this stage as, um, as a way to, to broadcast things for the district. And so we're really excited about that partnership. And so right now, our production team, uh, they have been uh, starting to build a, basically a production room, a broadcast room why? Because what we want to do is we want to broadcast the entire service, okay, the music, the worship, the message, everything, in a way that is, that is very um, high quality and is excellent. Those listening online, you may have listened to some of the music, and, but it's not there yet. The quality, the quality here is live, is great. We have a great band, but what you listen to online may not be what is representative of what you hear online, or what you hear live. And so we're going to change. We have been changing the model, the how, of presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, come this fall, by August, we're going to be full steam ahead, and we're super, super excited about that. So uh, your kids will be, casual could be, casual Christians in the future. Your kids could be moving outside of a church service, could be leaving the church, that studies show. And the third thing is, your kids will be forced to tolerate sin. Now this is a big one. Your kids will be forced to tolerate sin. In the coming aftermath, I believe this is gonna happen. It's actually already begun. For instance, owners of bakeries and florists are forced to provide services that celebrate homosexual unions, even though it stands in contrast to the religious beliefs found in God's Word. Our culture has tied these so-called sexual rights in the same category as racial civil rights. We saw this play out just this week in the Supreme Court. We should absolutely protect the equal rights of all races and all nationalities because it is not a sin to be a person of a different color. However, we should not be protecting the rights of those living in an alternative lifestyle because and living in sin because we are protecting those rights of sin. Being of a different color is not sinful Living a homosexual lifestyle is. Living an adulterous affair lifestyle is. Being addicted to pornography is. That all goes into sexual immorality. Just because we don't support the rights of people living in sin does not mean we belittle them or devalue them as beautiful people created by a loving God. The root problem is not about whatever sexual orientation they choose. It's about their decision to choose Jesus as Savior and to follow him daily. If someone is truly living for Jesus, then they will align their life with the complete word of God. And I want to stress complete word of God, not parts. This is true for all sexual immorality. For example, a person who claims to follow Jesus is actually far from him if they're involved in an adulterous affair. This tolerance of sin will most likely lead them to live out a non-biblical marriage. Your kids, this tolerance of sin, will be tempted to live out a non-biblical marriage as they sort of, quote, try out a relationship of living together. Before I move further, I just want to let you know, um, fathers, moms, parents, um, I know this is heavy stuff. I'm just being obedient to the Lord, and I hope you respect me for that. But I say everything in love. Fathers, the things I've shared with you today, it's the coming aftermath. It really, really is. In fact, we're already living some of this. So we need to prepare our kids for this. So what is the hope? Okay, Frank, you've laid this down, what is the hope? How can fathers help prepare kids for the coming aftermath? But God gave us a great start in Deuteronomy, Old Testament, in in chapter 11, verses 18 through 21. And it says this, this this is the words of God as Moses had written them. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. So what God is saying, fathers, you need to do everything you can to instill God's word, these truths. And it starts with the, with the Ten Commandments. Those, those Ten Commandments that are sensual to uh, us living a life, that lines up with, with God's holiness. And starting with the Ten Commandments, we are to, uh, and in everything that's written in God's word, we are to do everything we can to share this with our kids and make sure they understand it. So, here are some practical and biblical applications to help prepare your kids for the coming aftermath. I've got four of them. Number one, connect with Jesus. Dads, first thing you must do is to stay connected to Jesus. You can't bear or carry the fruit of being a good father if you're not connected to Jesus. Because the true heavenly father, he's a perfect example. And the way that you and I can implement the heavenly father and his goodness, and his grace, and his love is to get connected with him through his son, Jesus. And as you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and as as that Holy Spirit comes to live inside you, and you're studying God's Word, and you're praying, you are understanding and growing, and you're becoming like-minded with the Heavenly Father. And so you will become the Father you should be. In John chapter 15, verse four, uh, four through six, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. This is Jesus talking. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I, Jesus is saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Father, dads, future dads, you don't want to be one of those branches. A branch that does not bear fruit is taken off because it, it's not connected, and it's, and it's dead. And it's taken off and just thrown. And you put it in your little fire ring. That's what we do around the Bennett House. Hey, more kindling, more firewood. You don't want that of your life. Fathers, the way for you to be useful and have a purpose, a godly purpose in your life is to stay connected with Jesus. You also want your children to respect the godly advice you want to give them. They're not going to respect the godly advice you give if you are not connected with Jesus. They're going to see right through it, especially when they are teenagers. Trust me, I got five teenagers living in my house right now, and I'm not bitter. (laughs) They're not going to respect you if you're not connected to Jesus. Pray, read God's word, gather with other believers and worship. This will help you be an example for your kids. I remember in a series I, I, I preached, uh, several weeks ago or months ago, Guardians of the Gal- uh, Gu- Guardians of the Family series, I shared this statement. This statement it said, "Invitations are greater than invasions. Invitations are greater than invasions." You know, Dad, we're always concerned about what invasion uh, might come into our home, into our family. We guard against those invasions, but we often overlook the invitations that we invite into our home. Because, Dad, if you invite sin into your home, that is much more powerful than the sin that's trying to invade your home. Do you understand me? you tracking with me? The sin that you invite into your home because of your choices, that is much more powerful than any kind of sin that tries to invade your home. So you have gotta make sure that you don't invite that sin. Focus more attention to the sin you may invite than the sin that might invade. So, connect with Jesus. Number two, identify the battlefield. Identify the battlefield. Satan, the prince of this dark world, has done an amazing job transitioning the issues from the spiritual battlefield to the political battlefield. You, as a father, need to identify where the battle should be fought. For example, if you're a hunter out there, if you're a hunter or have you ever gone hunting or ever wanted to go hunting, raise your hand. Come on, guys. All right, okay, all right. So whether you've been hunting or not, you can understand this. So if you want to go hunting and you're on the battlefield of trying to find that, that right buck and, and stuff, you don't do that in your neighborhood. What, let me say, you shouldn't do that in your neighborhood. You might be a redneck, if you're shooting off your back porch in your cul-de-sac, yeah. But you want to go to the right location. You go to a, a, some acreage and to some land that is far away from civilization, and you are able to shoot that right buck. That is the right battlefield. Just like that, we, you and I, as fathers, we need to make sure that we help our kids understand the right battlefield. For example... The homosexual agenda and the rights of the unborn do not belong in the political battlefield. Let me say that again. The homosexual agenda and the rights of the unborn do not belong on the political battlefield. Now, I'm not against, I'm not against the homosexual pro-choice agenda because of how I vote. I stand against those things because they stand in contradiction to the word of God. Helping your children identify the correct battlefields will make a huge difference in navigating through the coming aftermath. They will stand for not just an ideology of man, but a theology of God. When Christians are trapped into these agendas, they may be further away from the following the Lord and being a part of the kingdom of God. Check out what Paul, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, it says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Which means that verse shows a whole lot of things that we've got to make sure that that we as believers, if you are a true follower of Christ, that we did not fall into those things and we teach our children not to fall into those things. But it also shows at the end of that uh, set of verses that if you do fall in those things, there is a way out through the grace, the power of Jesus Christ. As Paul stated, but you were part of that. You used to be a part of that, but then you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ. There's nothing political about these various life choices. It's all spiritual. And I've said this before, Satan has done an amazing job of taking what should be spiritual and making it political. And some of these things don't belong in the political stage. They belong in the spiritual stage. We've got to stand against those things because they are in direct contrast to what is in God's word, not because a certain political party is against it. Don't vote by a party. Vote by this. Vote this. I'm not a registered Democrat or a Republican. I vote based upon hey, who is the one closest lining up with this? And I know we don't have a whole lot of choices. I get that. Okay? Both sides are often wrong. But, you know, Jesus isn't running for President of the United States, but he does want to be king. Of your heart. Number three, so connect with Jesus, identify the battlefield. Guys, we need to do that. Number three, we need to lead our kids to love God. Help our kids lead them to love God. The more they love and desire Jesus and the holiness of God, the less they will desire the things of the coming aftermath. Do you understand this? The more that they are in love with Jesus, the more that they are not going to look to the aftermath. I love my wife. You saw her on stage. You understand why I love my wife. But it's not just the way she looks. Her heart, her she loves Jesus. And I love her incredibly much. And my love for her causes my eyes to stay fixed on her. I don't have wandering eyes. Have I ever had wandering eyes? Yes. I've repented of that. But... My eyes say fix upon my wife. Why? Because I love her with all my heart. If you teach your kids to love Christ, to love God, you can't make them, but you sure can show them. You can show them what that looks like by being connected with Jesus, being connected to the vine. Um... But it's really about the heart. As it says in Matthew 15, 19, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. He could have gone on and on and on, I'm sure. But it's out of the heart where these are born. The The more Jesus that your kids keep in their heart, then the less room they have for the desires of this world. You really don't want your kids trying to please you, you want your kids to please God. Don't focus on your kids trying to please you. If you want your kids to obey you, you want them to obey you because they love God and they want to please God, not because they want to please you. Okay? They they see your faults. You don't want them to just please you. You want them to please the Lord. And then through that, they will ultimately obey you. So your goal is to raise kids who love Jesus so much that a world with no filters will not cause them to stray. You want to love your kids. Your, your, your goal is to raise kids who love Jesus so much that a world with no filters will not cause them to stray. So I'm moving on to my fourth one. We're done. So how do you... What are some practical applications? Number one, connect with Jesus. Number two, identify the right battlefield. Number three, lead them to love God. And guys, you got to show them that. The fourth one, you got to talk to your kids about hell. You got to talk to your kids about hell. Don't shy away from that subject. Trust me, Satan doesn't want anyone to know that hell is real. By the way, hell was not created for you, it was not created for me, it was not created for your children. It was created for the devil and his angels. And God does not send anyone to hell, we send ourselves to hell. God's the one that made a way out. Make sure you understand that. So I want you to, men, I want to give you the freedom to speak boldly about hell. When was the last time you told someone? They can go to hell or or simply talk to someone about hell besides maybe the person that cut you off in traffic. (laughs) We are to remind people about the existence of hell. Now, we're not to tell someone they would go to hell because they had an abortion. We tell them they can go to hell if Jesus isn't Lord of their life. Do you understand? It's bigger than that. I can't stand when these over-religious people who really have another agenda, and they tell people they're going to go to hell because they, they had an abortion. That is wrong theology. Now, they could go to hell if they don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Do you understand that? It's so much deeper than that. It's not just on the surface You see, Satan has done an amazing job. He's distracted our culture and said, hey, look at this, look at this. These are the things, these are the hot topics. But he's he's making us overlook the fact that there is a burning hell that is there for those who do not find the way to heaven, and that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, period. So he is causing those hot topics, those hot button issues to rise to the surface, just so that we will get out of the fact that it's really not about the uh, whether you're you're living a, a homosexual lifestyle, or you support that, or you support abortion, or it's really what it all boils down to: Do you love Jesus? Have you followed him? Do you follow him as your Lord and Savior? Because what I believe, according to this book, and how this book has changed people time and time again from what is written in here and the people that I've seen and and the issues in my own life, this book and the Holy Spirit will change a person's life. It will. You never start with the hot topic issues. I don't. When I talked, and I've got, I've got friends. Look, I, I got a music degree from a major university. Trust me, I have homosexual friends. I love them. I share Jesus with them. They know the truth. They know the truth. But I focus not on their lifestyle. I focus on their hearts. Where are you going to go if you die? And if they get their heart right with Jesus and they surrender their life with Jesus and they live for him they, and they read the word of God and they truly follow him, their heart, their lifestyle will line up to the word of God. Jesus will change their heart. Not you, not me. But things and arguments we may say to them. It's true. But guys we got to talk about hell we got to remind our children about hell we do now we don't need to scare them when they're really small obviously but as they get older and that topic you know becomes bigger and more understanding you need to share with your kids hey there's a heaven And there's a hell. And God, because he loves you so much, he made a way for you to escape hell. He made a way for you to be in heaven with him eternally. Why? Because he loves you so incredibly much. God loves you. That's where we start. That's where we start. And so... Fathers, and I know we have some fathers who aren't here today, if you're listening online as well. And I know we have some single moms out there. Single moms, this is for you as well. And I know you have other father figures in your life for your kids, and that's so awesome. But there is a coming aftermath. You can see the signs. You can. How can we better prepare? Connect with Jesus, guys. Connect with Jesus. Identify where the real battlefield is. Lead your kids to love God. Show them how to love God. Keep them in the church. Right now, there are kids learning about the love of Jesus right now, back over here. We, we spend a good bit of money on incredible curriculum, video-based and, and take-home things that you can, they can share with parents. We share Jesus with them. Imagine if they weren't back there. If they miss us all the time, bring your kids to church. And I know during this time, there are people who are watching online right now. You're not ready to come back, and that's totally fine. It's you're going to come back, and we're okay with that. That's why we do both. But open God's word even there at home. You want to help your children to fall in love with Jesus, and then tell them that hell is real. But more importantly. Tell them that heaven is real. Heaven is real. You know, I've shared some things here today that are, it's pretty heavy. And I, I say closer to my notes because I wanted to be just very intentional but very loving. I, I just, my heart is heavy as a father in my own kids. And, and as I see the coming aftermath, I need to warn my kids. And that's why I felt like I needed to share this today. But there's an even bigger coming aftermath. And that is the fact that one of these days, this earth is going to pass away. One of these days, Jesus is going to return for his bride, for those who have accepted Christ as Savior. Now, you may be dead in your grave by then. You and I may be dead in your grave. Guess what? He's coming back. And those who are dead in Christ will rise first. And so will you be part of that? Will you be a part of the kingdom of God as it's called up? God loves you. He sent his son for you. He died for you.